It's episode 294 of Crack the Customer Code, and your tip is included in the price. Adam, I've heard that technology is the future. (laughs) Have you heard this too? No, but I am only, (laughs) uh, you know, reading scrolls and paper books from 1943. (laughs) So I I don't know. (laughs) There's this H.G. Wells guy. He has some predictions. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's funny to say that because, of course, tech is a huge part of our life. But I think one of the things that a conversation that's been happening that is is you know, really taking off right now is this idea of STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, teaching kids earlier than we have before about STEM, especially girls, and coding and all of these skills that they're going to need in their future um, that really we haven't focused on for this younger generation until, until right now, basically. And so I'm so excited about our guest today because we had a great conversation about education and parenting and how kids are kind of coming up in this digital age. I don't know what all the hubbub is about, Jeannie. (laughs) Because I love to tell you, when I was a kid... I was exposed to Wang Basic. Now you got to. I don't even know what that is. That is a programming language. No, it's not. You just made that up. No. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody who was like in business, like back in the eighties, would know Wang Basic. That was it. Was you know this is how much technology evolves. That was like the thing. That's what businesses were run on. Was that was a programming language for Wang computers? Do you remember Wang computers? (laughs) No, I I still think you're making it up. (laughs) Oh my god! Well. I think you lived in a little world where like you had a cardboard <laughs> box that you named Wang. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna definitely need to use the Google machine for Wang computers. They were huge. Are you kidding me? They were like running the show back in the day. But anyways, yeah, you know, it's really interesting what Katie's doing because you know, this is more than just a sort of personal empowerment issue. It's a societal issue. We really are mm-hmm. falling behind in this country in the STEM technologies. And you know, I think it's great the innovative way that uh katie and her team and her company are approaching education uh you know for programming specifically in this case and for Mm -hmm. coding and you know it's really neat i'm just worried that we're gonna have a whole generation of people that can hack us Jeannie. yeah well they will i mean that's (laughs) that's a foregone conclusion (laughs) (laughs) no but it's it's really cool and uh you know katie really breaks down why it's important and um let's i think hear a little bit more about Katie and get to it. Yep. Yep. I think everybody's going to learn from this about uh, really how to understand customers too. So let me tell you a little bit about Katie Lynch. Katie Lynch is the co-founder and CMO at Codeverse, the world's first full interactive coding school and educational tech platform for kids that was founded on the mission to teach 1 billion children to code. That's right, one billion with a B. Prior to Codeverse, Katie was the CEO of Tech Week, the nation's largest traveling technology festival, as well as the president and co-founder of Social Katie, a full-service social media marketing agency. In 2014, Social Katie was acquired by award-winning digital agency Manifest. Katie has appeared on Fox, NBC, Inc. Magazine, Huffington Post, and Today.com, amongst others. Katie, we're so, so happy to have you with us today. Welcome. 
Thank you for having me. This is exciting. <laughs> well, we are super excited to have you here, Katie. And I love your business model. So let's jump right in. And your business is serving kids through education around coding and tech. But and this is something I can really relate to. Kids usually don't pay their own bills. <laughs> so uh, how do you balance creating a customer experience that serves your students and their parents or teachers who are the ones that are actually giving you the revenue? Yeah, brilliant question. Well, first and foremost, we focus on the students um, because a high quality education, just like a high quality product, really speaks for itself. Uh, when we ex uh, succeed in teaching kids how to code, parents will ultimately be happy. Um, that being said, you know we show parents how good the product is by providing them with progress reports once a month, which highlights what their kid has been working on, uh, what their challenges are, and what we plan on working on with them, uh, with their child, excuse me, in the near future. That's awesome, because I think sometimes, as a parent myself, um, the teachers who I love are the ones who communicate with me as much as they communicate with my children, you know, <laughs> without me going to ask or hunt for that information. Because I think if they're proactively sharing, then that's really what makes the um, the experience good for me, knowing that, okay, they're doing fine, or this is where they need help or whatever. So I love that idea of progress reports for something like this. And you know, when you you were talking about this idea for Codeverse for quite a while, and I know that you invested quite a bit of time in really researching and understanding mm. what would be most valuable before you actually launched. And so I'm curious, how did you really explore what would work and what might not work before you launched? Because there are others doing similar things out there, and this is kind of a popular idea, this STEM education and really getting kids involved. But the way you're doing it is a little different. And so I was wondering if you could tell us, how did you come to that? How did you research that and find out what people really wanted? Yeah, for sure. And and just to kind of you know, backtrack to the to the very beginning of how we came up with the idea. Um, so I was running a different company uh, at the time. Um, it was Tech Week. I was the CEO of Tech Week, and I saw a documentary um, called Code Debugging the Gender Gap. Which, if you've not seen it, it's a fascinating forty five minute <laughs> film that basically deep dives into why there's a lack of women and minorities in STEM fields, and so. I watched that documentary and on one hand, my blood was boiling because I thought, well, this is unacceptable. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm a woman in tech and, you know, mm -hmm. Tech Week was the second business that I'd run. And to be candid, I can't think of a more exciting time to be in this industry than now. And so on one hand, my blood was boiling, but on the other hand, I felt incredibly inspired to do, as you said, you know, a ton of research into the coding landscape as it exists today for younger children. And so the first mm -hmm. thing that we did was, Craig and I did, was we researched all the different tools and apps and games and resources and camps and, and schools that exist out there uh, that get young children um, into coding. And not only did we do that, but we also spent about a year and a half, this was before we opened the studio this July, but we spent about a year and a half surveying parents and educators all throughout Illinois. So we traveled to the West Burbs, North Burbs, South Burbs, um, talked to schools in the city, talked to parents in the city that had one kid, several kids, 
And we essentially gathered all sorts of information about what parents loved about their children's schools, loved about their children's extracurricular activities, and also gathered a ton of information about uh, their children's learning styles. And so with all of this surveying and with all of this data and research, that really helped us shape how we designed the studio as it is today. Um, additionally, and this is something that not that many people know, but additionally, the software that is synced to all of the technology that we use within the studio is called KidScript. And that is a language that we have designed and developed from the ground up for children as young as six. And so about, again, a year ago, uh, we took the, the, um, the first version of that product and we demoed it in front of about 350 children throughout the, um, throughout Chicago. And that was brilliant for us because it really allowed us to see how kids use the product, the feedback that children gave us about the product. And so with all that feedback, it allowed us to basically perfect our curriculum and perfect our software before we actually opened the physical studio in Lincoln Park in mid-July. Wow. Wow. And just to back up and give a little bit of detail for those who don't know, you're talking about Lincoln Park. It is in Chicago. So all those suburbs are outside of Chicago that you were mentioning. And Craig is your business partner and also my husband. <laughs> your husband. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> so it's awesome to uh, really hear about how you went to the the actual source, you know, <laughs> like what what sort of feedback are kids going to give us? That's that's a really important step. And it's amazing how many how many organizations don't think about that? They just move straight ahead to product development. So that's really awesome that you did that. Yeah. Thanks. And for all the all for the for all the non-Chicago people, Lincoln Park is a band, just to let you know. <laughs> oh, right. Thanks. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> just letting everyone know. Well, I want to dig into something you said, Katie, because I think it's really interesting. Um, I'm in the Association for Talent Development and I've spent a lot of time thinking about learning styles and you know the differences between live trainings and virtual trainings and you're talking about tech you're talking about kids you're talking about coding mm. what is it you found out that made you want to have a physical environment to do this training yeah i mean simply put the best way to teach and engage kids uh is in the studio you know coding is such a dense subject it's such a complex subject even for adults and kids really need to be able to, to get inspired and see the cause and effect of their code. You know, that's what gets them excited about coding in the first place. And so this is exactly why we built an incredible, interactive, fun 3,600 square foot space in Lincoln Park where kids can actually control lights, speakers, uh, robot arms, drones, 3D printers <laughs> and laser cutters using code. Right. I mean, we're, you know, we're oh, not, so we're cool. not educating, you know, people that are like teenagers or young adults. I mean, we're educating six year olds. Their attention spans are so incredibly short. And as I said before, you know, coding is just, it, it is such a complex subject um, that the only way I believe you can really get kids inspired about the subject of coding is by telling them, hey, we're putting you in a space where you can actually interact with high-tech gadgets using computer programming. Like, that's cool. 
Wow. Oh, that's awesome. I want to, I want to come learn. I know. <laughs> Next time you're here, maybe uh, when Adam visits Chicago, we'll come. I know. want a 3D printer so badly. I can't even tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have one at my son's school and uh, it's really amazing what the kids do. It's really amazing. Um, but anyway, uh, you've been in business now a few months. You mentioned that you opened in July and I can imagine that as you opened and at, even after all of the research you did and all the feedback you gathered, once it's real, once you have real customers in there, real students and their parents and everybody else, I imagine that you learned things that you weren't expecting. So have oh, yeah. you modified things? Have you tweaked? Like, how has that journey been uh, as as the leader of this organization to really understand okay, this didn't work the way we expected or kids need more of this. So any of those kind of insights that you've gathered? Yeah, uh, constantly. <laughs> we are constantly <laughs> tweaking the experience for the kids and the parents. We test and learn in the studio every single day. Um, you know, we built the classroom so that ultimately we could build the best SaaS platform, um, SaaS, which is KidScript. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, we could launch SaaS now to the masses, but we really do feel that the best way for kids to learn our product is for them to do this in a very controlled, um, you know, fun environment initially before we release it to the public. I think that the space really brings that added component that you can't get at home. Um, so yes, the, the short answer is yes, we, we tweak and modify the experience all the time based on the feedback that we're getting from the children and the parents. Also, um, one thing that we've learned from the parents, which, you know, I, I was expecting, but this is a, a new initiative that we've rolled out. But one thing that we've learned from the parents is that many of them come in and they ask us questions beyond the Codeverse experience, right? So one question might be, well, how much screen time should my child be having a day? You know, we think it's great mm. that they come to Codeverse for 75-minute classes, you know, a week. That's cool. But when they're at home, you know, how, how should they be using technology and how many hours should they devote to creating content versus consuming content using tech? And so what we've done is we've gathered all of these questions from uh, parents and we're launching. In fact, today is the first day of it, but we are launching a speaker series, which are basically free weekly talks at the Codeverse studio from 5.45 until 7 p.m. where we talk about these subjects that parents really uh, where parents really care about, whether that's screen time or what it means to be a parent in the digital age or how to get girls more involved in STEM, how to get young girls more excited about coding. You know, I think it's, I think it's really, really important for Codeverse not only to be a, um, you know, premier product, but I think it's also important for Codeverse to be thought leaders in this space in general. Um, and so I think these this this speaker series, I'm really excited for the first one to happen tonight because I think it's really going to shed a light on these questions that parents really have in this digital day and age. That's so important. And it's such a big, big undertaking. I'm so happy to hear that you're doing that because honestly, we talk all the time with teachers and parents, other parents, and all of us are kind of saying, we're in this weird space. We're in this weird land where we didn't grow up with any of this stuff, yeah. like none yeah. of it. And so the rules have completely changed. Our kids, I'm pretty savvy and as a parent, and yet my 13-year-old 
I mean, if he wanted to, he could probably, you know, <laughs> reroute our entire internet <laughs> without a problem. I wouldn't know the password. Um, and so I, I think it's just, it's awesome that they are getting this so much, but you know, all new rules around bullying, for instance, yeah. all new rules around, uh, you know, how we interact with homework even. Um, and so it's it's challenging as a parent. And and I'm saying that from a position where I use technology all the time. I've I've been involved with it. My my dad was a systems analyst in 1960 something. So it's like we've had tech around for a long time. But having those conversations and and doing that with the parents of the kids who come to you and just the community in general, I think that's so, so smart. And I bet you'll learn so much. So, you know, think of your friend, the parent over here. <laughs> if you hear, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. You know, one of the other things I'm excited about um, is it's it's quite overwhelming to be a parent these days, right? Because as you said, you know, our parents, certainly my parents, you know, didn't have access to the internet. They didn't have access to social media and all of the content that we have available online. That being said, I think that reading some of the content online can be really, really overwhelming for parents too. And so one mm -hmm. of the reasons why we want to have these talks at our studio is let's just have an open, honest conversation, you know, a raw conversation about what does it really mean to be a parent in the digital age? Um, and so we're inviting to speak on these panels. We're inviting thought leaders. We're inviting parents. We have children. Like we're having kids sit on our mm -hmm. panel because we want them to weigh in as well, right? We don't just want to hear things from the parent perspective. We want to hear mm -hmm. things from the children and from child psychologists and from local celebrities and athletes and all sorts of different voices that bring something to the table as opposed to just parents sitting online and reading, you know, pieces of content and, and getting overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's fantastic because you are right. And some parents kind of spin out <laughs> and then they make it worse online because they start talking about, you know, zillions of problems that we all face, but it can be really, really overwhelming. So I think it's well, they need a, tr they need a trusted voice, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's what I mean, hopefully you're becoming a trusted voice, because that's the problem with the online research, no matter what it is, right, right, is who, do you, who do you listen to? Who do you trust? Let me tell you about the like six hours I spent one day, just going through the debate on whether a big breed dog should have their dog bowl <laughs> elevated or on the floor. Six hours of my life, I'm not kidding. And I still don't know what to do. <laughs> so yeah, how, how to uh, handle your children interacting with technology as it changes every day is a pretty complex topic. So hopefully, yeah, bringing a you know not only a sober voice but a a, a learned mm -hmm. voice with perspective that can you know be trusted by mm -hmm. a parent. So I think that's amazing. I think it's amazing what you're doing just overall because I mean obviously we have a real challenge with STEM uh, mm -hmm. here in the United States, and mm -hmm. yeah, I mean. You're doing great, just great things you're doing. Just don't teach Jeannie's kid to hack us, please. <laughs> you know, true story. Uh, Adam got Rickrolled by my oldest. I did. Wow. <laughs> awesome. It was revenge because I, I Rickrolled Jeannie really well. And, you know, uh, she actually deployed her troops against me. <laughs> so that's another way you can, you know. <laughs> interact technology with children. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, Katie, well, this is 
fascinating. And I'm so happy with what you're doing just from all sorts of perspectives. But I think the one of the things that anybody can really walk away with is really invest in that time to get to know who your customers are and the the challenges that they have, not just, you know, trying to push something out, but really understanding your customer base, understanding what their challenges are, both before you launch and also, you know, as you go, continue to gather that feedback in all of these great ways. So, so yeah. kudos to you for doing that. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much, Katie. This has been fantastic. I, I truly do admire what you're doing. So hopefully we're going to get more people to find out about you. So tell us how people can connect with you and learn more about everything we talked about today. Yeah, absolutely. So to connect with me personally, uh, best way to reach me is either on Twitter. So I'm just at the Katie Lynch, um, or you can find me on LinkedIn at just Katie Lynch. Um, or you can email me at katie, K-A-T-Y at codeverse.com. If you want to learn more about Codeverse, uh, it really is just codeverse.com. We have all the information on there about our uh, camps and classes. Uh, we also have a mailing list if you are interested in learning more about our expansion plans, uh, because we do plan on uh, you know, growing the studio and having it in lots of different locations around the US and then eventually internationally. Fantastic. Well, you are not uh, hard to find online. <laughs> uh, so it should be good. I've been, I've been but thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, this was fun. And I can't wait to uh, check out the studio in real life uh, pretty soon because it looks beautiful from the pictures and everything else. So, congratulations. Keep doing what you're doing. And thank you so much for sharing with our audience today. Thanks again for having me. Take care, guys. Take you care. too. Thanks, Katie. Well, that was fascinating and also a little frightening as a parent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually, despite all the stuff we uh, that are sort of the obvious things, one thing I really took away is because it's something I've struggled with is that dynamic of when your customer is not the person who's paying mm -hmm. you in some cases. You know, I, yep. I, I had that issue with Be Your Customer's Hero, right? It's written for frontline employees, but the people that are going to hire me to train or whatever are not the people using the product. So it's a, mm -hmm. it, that dynamics really interesting. And, you know, I think the, one of the points she makes is great, which is you've just got to have a great product to begin with. I mean, yep. you've got to have a great experience and a great product so that the people you're serving will tell the people who are paying <laughs> and that are right. providing you the revenue. I love this. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And she was really, I thought very tuned into the feedback from the kids and if they love it, then their parents will love it and communicating and all that. So there was a lot of great stuff in that, in that interview with, with Katie. So I think, I hope everybody takes something and goes forth and, you know, doesn't hack us. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> Don't hack us, please. That, that is our takeaway. <laughs> Begging them. We just got to <laughs> we got to get your uh, you know kids into the the coding so they can protect mm -hmm. us. There you go. Well, okay, that's my. I'll try to do that within the next two weeks. How's that? <laughs> get, get on it, Jeannie. We need we need or the counter hackers, right? It's like right, exactly, hackers. exactly. <laughs> Mister Robot, the white or hat, whatever. White hats. No. White hats. Yeah. <laughs> All well. Right. Thank you guys so much for being here again and listening to Crack the Customer Code. We appreciate our audience so much. We are a proud member of the C-Suite radio family. Check out C-Suite TV for more in-depth interviews and business content for C-Suite leaders and entrepreneurs. 
It's all on demand at csuitetv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can learn more about me and our customer experience investigation, consulting, and content at cxcontent.com. And I'm Adam Pork, and you can learn more about me and our customer service workshops and our online training at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.